Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. It's always a joy to start the morning with you, and hopefully as you're beginning your day, we will help direct you to God's Word and how that can play out in your day-to-day interactions with those around you. We have been working through the State of Theology, a survey that Ligonier Ministries has engaged with since 2014. Every two years, they ask a series, I think it's 35, 33 questions, I can't remember the number, and try to just get a pulse of where the American church is on different theological issues. And in the studio with me today, talking about this is Vinny Henke from Valley Life Community Church. Hey, good morning, Russ. Ben Rao from The Well. Hello. And Ryan Hempel from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. Good morning. I noticed yesterday that I'm such a creature of habit that I tried to do introductions in reverse order, and I just couldn't do it. So I, <laughs> I, I apparently need to go um, clockwise in my thought process um, because I could not um, actually think of your names going the other way, which is really, <laughs> really weird. Today we want to talk about the church. And I find this to be a topic that I grew up and lived most of my life in the Midwest. And that's neither good nor bad. That's just, that's just a fact. And what I found is that there is geographically different mentalities that exist. Mm. And um, that plays its way out into the life of the church. So there was... In, at least in my world in the Midwest, there is much more of a communal feel, much more community-minded than, than life out here. Um, and maybe that's just being part of a rural area. But what that meant is more people were attached to the church, valued the church, attended church, were members of the church in the Midwest than out here in, in the West. We just had a conference on the church and... One of the roles that I get to play with the Reformation Alliance is that I get the privilege of, of buying a lot of the books for the, the bookstore at the conference. And I just went through kind of processing what books are left. And it's fascinating to me that the topic or theme of books that sold the worst were books on the church. It's not even close. And that was the theme of our conference. Mm -hmm. So the category of books that we sold the least amount of was on the church. At a a conference on the church. So what does that say? I, I'm not sure. The conference sure. was so good that everybody yeah, that's didn't, right. they, they just didn't, didn't read, read anymore. Yeah. 
I'm not sure that was it. <laughs> uh, it just it, it just made me pause when I'm going through all the books going, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Not what I would have expected. The speaker sometimes highlighted books, and then those would be sold out. The only exception to that is they highlighted one book on the church, and it didn't sell out. Wow. Interesting. So even that was not enough to, to push people to buy books on the church. So the question that we're going to start with today from the survey is this. Worshiping alone or with one's family is a valid replacement for regularly attending church. And the number on this of just broad Americans taking the survey is that 67% agree with that, Mm. that worshiping alone or with one's family is a valid replacement for regularly attending church. Does that stat surprise you? Why or why not? I don't think so. In in 2022, I mean, for most of the country, they spent up to two years doing just that, worshiping at home with their family, whether live streaming or listening or watching, you know, watching church later. Uh, I also think culturally we have this language of the church, and what we don't mean is a gathered body of people called by Christ, infused with the Holy Spirit, who live life together, what we have in our mind is a building located somewhere in our city that we go to. Mm-hmm. And so I think regularly attending church or going to that building, you know, it can be equitable to worshiping with my, my family at home. Sure, I can replicate most of that experience. But what I can't replicate is doing life with a group of brothers and sisters who are the family of God together in covenant. Uh, so I think it, it doesn't surprise me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, yeah, I wonder how much of this is influenced by the last two years by COVID restrictions, etc. I know, I know, certainly back in the UK, you know, we had some pretty draconian um, restrictions in place for churches. But it's, it's interesting to me that there's only so less than a quarter, twenty three percent, strongly disagreed with the statement from from evangelical mm-hmm. churches and strongly disagree at least for those of us around the table we would say is the biblical is the biblical right. answer yes <laughs> yeah yeah that word replacement uh you know you could say supplement is a valid supplement to regularly attending yeah. church but when you when you when you say where well, i'm going to replace the gathering with other believers mm-hmm. with either worshiping alone specifically that's a right. huge one or just family worship that's a that's another big problem yeah, that's the one that uh, the worshiping alone aspect. I mean, I, in my understanding, and that's impossible. Like we worship of God is always in the community of believers, and it's in the context of His people coming. About you have, may have instances in scriptures where people give praise to God, but when it's talking about here, the context here of actual worship in a church, I mean, it doesn't matter how. You know, I mean, if you're hiking out in the wilderness or anything like that, it's not the same. Hmm. It'll never be the same. I, I actually, I hate to say this, Ryan, I'm, I'm just <laughs> slightly disappointed <laughs> that I thought you would take us into the Psalms. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Let's go to the Psalms. Yeah. Because the Psalms <laughs> speak so strongly and frequently about the gathered assembly. Right. Mm-hmm. 
and the beauty of the gathered assembly. And I don't, I don't think people understand, and this is going back to what Vinny was saying, church is not a building. It's the community. Yeah. It's the fellowship of believers. It's God's people gathered as God's people in God's presence together. The book, it was fascinating. We talked about Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, um, Life Together, on the radio program prior to the conference. And they were kind of giving me a hard time because I hadn't bought any of those books for the conference. And so I did do a last-minute um, order to get make sure that we had Bonhoeffer's book for the conference. And you guys want to take a guess at how many books that we you, sold of B- Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together? Do you still have Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together? <laughs> I sold one. One copy. And do you wow. know who bought that one copy? One of the speakers? Me. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't own the book, and so I actually picked up one of the copies of Life Together, and that was the only copy that was sold. Mm. But I actually think that, that that at least the title of that book is is at least not the heart of the church, but it is close to the center mm. of what the church is, that it's life together, mm-hmm. life in community. Well, Russ, let me kind of assuage your disappointment oh, good. a little bit. Good, good, and good. maybe a psalm that summarizes what you were talking about is Psalm 122. Mm. A song of a sense of David. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together where the tribes go up the tribes of the Lord to the testimony of Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment. The thrones of the house of David pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So this is a psalm, you know, it talks about Jerusalem and the city. I mean, that's it's God's dwelling place among his people, and it speaks of the church. And David's response is, I was glad when they said to me, let us go up. And it speaks of the worship of God and the gladness and the joy that we have in God's presence with his people. And the peace that we're to strive for within the context of the church and seeing our brothers and sisters together in unity under the banner of Christ. We'd be remiss without Hebrews 10, 24. Mm-hmm. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Verse 25, not in neglecting to meet together mm-hmm. as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm-hmm. You cannot accomplish any of the one another's. Mm-hmm. And there is a plethora of them in the New Testament if if you adhere to the answers of this question. Mm-hmm. Right. Psalm 87 begins with these words, The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. And the implication is, if the Lord loves the dwelling place of Zion more than any place else, shouldn't his people also (laughs) enjoy the dwelling place? And the tide Uh, there, too, those the houses of Jacob, you know, I mean, that that could be your family worship. Yep. And God loves the gates of Zion where all of his people mean that he doesn't love the family worship, Mm -hmm. but he loves it more because people are gathered together. So we just have a couple minutes left, but I do want to look at this idea of that every Christian has an obligation to join a local church. And evangelicals did a little bit better with this. 68% said, yes, they should. Um, But only 28% of the broad population believes that Christians have an obligation to join the local church. So 
I'm going to give you guys a couple minutes. Convince our listeners of why it's important for Christians to join a local church. I think it's an outward expression of an inward reality. If you are a Christian, you are the church. And so Mm -hmm. lining up with other believers uh, is the natural outpouring of that. I I also think there's some commands in Scripture, Hebrews 13.7, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Being plugged in and a part of a group allows you to to fulfill that command. Mm Mm-hmm. And verse verse 17 as well in, in Hebrews 13, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. So th- that whole verse just assumes church membership because otherwise w- which leaders do you submit to? Do, mm-hmm. do, I, do I still submit to church leaders back in the UK? Or, or, and and are, they, are they accountable for, for how I'm living the Christian life? Yeah. 5,000 miles away. Who's watching or, your life. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It has to be, it has to be local church membership and it has to be a knowledge both of who your, who your pastors are and the pastors need to know who they are responsible for. And mm-hmm. you, you just can't do that without, without church membership. And uh, as Vinny mentioned a little bit ago, Hebrews 10, this might, might sound a little strong and harsh, but it, it's a direct violation of God's command to not join the local church. Um, he's commanded us, do not forsake the gathering together as is the habit of some. And uh, if you're not in local body, you need to consider whether or not you're actually obeying Christ. Might come as a shock to some of our listeners, but um, the Roman Catholic Church used to say that you can't have God as your father unless you have the church as your mother. Hmm. And when the Protestant Reformation came along, the Reformers did not abandon that saying. They actually doubled down on it. Um, John Calvin would write also that you cannot have God as your father if you don't have the church as your mother. And so I believe, as these gentlemen have said, this is the biblical teaching that we are those that are to be in membership in the local church. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you tomorrow.